Good afternoon, Julie. How are you today? Hello, my love. How are you today? For those listening, just so you know, I am speaking to Julie from Casa de Collins because she's on location. You want to feel like telling people where you are? Well, I am in a place that is going to require me to quarantine for 14 days hmm. when I return to Casa de Collins. That means Julie will be have, have gone. Wait a minute. That means Julie's going to have been gone for 14 days. And when she gets home, she will have another 14 days of staying the heck away from me. <laughs> oh, and I can't keep my hands off of you. Because I am. <laughs> Handsome hot husband, hashtag. <laughs> you walked right into that one. I, I gave you that one. Mm. Now, Julie, yeah, whatever. whatever. I have to, I have to break something on the air to you, and uh, it's okay. something sad. And I figure what? I'd do it on the broadcast. That uh, way, I didn't get into that much trouble. Did you kill my plants? I did not kill your plants. Okay, just say it because I'm getting really annoyed. I broke a pint glass. <gasps> You broke the Yankees' pint glass? How dare you? I didn't say it was the Yankees' one, but yes, I broke the Yankees' pint glass. I'm so Yeah, sorry. that's the only one that would bring you a lot of joy breaking. <sighs> All I right, didn't enjoy listeners. Because <clears throat> anyway. you knew I would not be happy. Now, like, how convenient that you didn't break the Red Sox pint glass. I don't have a glass. Red Sox pint glass. Yeah, you do. No, it's a Patriots pint glass. No, it's a Red Sox. Thank oh, you do? very much. Oh, well, yeah. Gonna, how much well, do you want to bet? Well, you know what? That's not bad because your wife is right. Wrong. Well, the thing is, I was going to order one on Amazon for you, but uh -huh. I decided not to so I could actually spring this on you during the podcast that's, recording. That's nice. Good job, anyway. honey. Hey, what are you drinking in my <clears throat> tea? I am drinking. Oh, now they know where you are. <laughs> yes, I'm in the 305, the epicenter. She's um, she's not in Miami proper. She's south of Miami in her and I, at, she's at her she's at Casa de Pain. She's at her sister's house and they've been staying away from other people. Yes. Um and today I'm drinking from a glass that says, Always do sober what you said you'd be drunk. <laughs> that will teach you to keep your mouth shut. And it's a quote from Artist Hemingway. Always do, mm -hmm. always do sober what you would do drunk? What you said you would do drunk. That will teach you to keep your mouth shut. Oh, okay. Ernest um, anyhow, hey, what's your favorite Ernest Hemingway book? Hmm. The Old Man in the Sea? Hmm. Mine's a farewell to arms. I, so, just, I just had to pick one I knew. <laughs> of Mice and Men. That's John Steinbeck. Well, that's my favorite book that is really? between around, you know, authors that lived in that same Era? time frame. Hmm. My favorite, hey. my, oh, my favorite book of all time, though. Mm-hmm is actually an early science fiction novel. Okay, what is it? Fahrenheit 451. Oh, yeah. By Ray Bradbury. Very nice. So, 
you know why I like Hemingway? Hemingway because what? he got the Camino de Santiago. He actually spent some time in some of the villages that um, cross the, the Camino crosses by, and he got that whole lifestyle of like kind of like he was vibe sort of like nomad and yeah i i need we need that lifestyle daniel hmm. you know well, we need sounds it good. anyway uh i went paddle I, today. i would be an i'd be a nomad you Listen, know why i'd be a nomad why why because i don't want to be mad i want to be nomad oh you're hilarious what did you, you didn't say anything to me saying i went paddleboarding today oh that's good did I paddleboarded it. Did you fall? Uh, I don't. No, I did not. Somebody Good. else who was in my party did. Hmm. But that will remain anonymous. I'm not saying who. I would have fallen. Anyway. I love paddleboarding. Can I get a paddleboard to replace <laughs> my Yankees glass? I think that's a fair trade. I think I'll get you a Yankees glass. So, anyway, uh, anyway. we made a promise to the listeners last week. Fine. Not a promise, but we said there'd be a change. That we'd be a little more stealth, a little more trim, a little more to the point in the beginning in the beginning of the podcast to more efficiently get to our guests. And yes. if they want to listen to us blathering on about our lives, they can yes. do it at the end. So we have fun things to talk about. Uh, so if you want to listen to us blathering at the end. Blather, 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 blather. I, how did you break end. my glass, by the way? It doesn't matter. Oh, now I'm going to think about it. So I dropped it. Mm. It just fell. Okay. In the fine, sink. Fine. When I put it in the sink, I, it, was, it just, it was a freak little thing. Anyway, I would not intentionally break your Yankees glass. No, because that kind of breaks my heart. <clears throat> yeah. but, so, so did the Yankees because they haven't won a championship in a while. We got a better team than yours, though. Not this year. Nobody has a team this year. That's what I'm saying. That's, so, that's Julie. Yes, darling. Who's our guest today? Okay, so I have a confession to make, and I'm going to talk about my guest because I want to warn the listeners that my guest is phenomenal. Her name is Mindy Henderson, and I was fangirling on this lady. I'm going to tell you how I met her. I somehow must be in a group where I saw some of her stuff on Instagram, and I immediately gravitated to her. Um, Mindy Henderson is a motivational speaker, writer, and she lives in Austin, Texas, which is my favorite city in Texas. I'm sorry to my nieces in Dallas, but no, I will say Austin is my favorite city. And <clears throat> I just, I don't know, there was something about her and, and her persona and energy, and I just loved her. And I decided to be bold, and I sent her a message, and I said, hey, you don't know me? But I like you and I want you to be a guest of my podcast because everything that you're talking about and everything, the content that I see you putting out is phenomenal. And, you know, she, I think she had attended Rise, which is the Rachel and Dave Hollis uh, conference. And I think that her motivational stuff is amazing. And I just love talking to her. Now, during the day of the interview, she was so gracious. She accepted to be on the call and 
I just love talking to her. And I was a terrible, terrible interviewer. I am embarrassed because I would ask her a question. She would answer. And then I'm like, oh, my God, me too, <laughs> uh, which is terrible. It's not best interview practices. But we're keeping it real, people. We're keeping it real because guess what? That's just life. And Mindy, I am not usually that rude, so I'm sorry. Um, you're going to have to come back on the show. And I'm going to have. I don't think you were yes. rude. I just thought you were excited. So because I was fangirling. Don't call my wife rude. Oh, it's so sweet, my love. But listen, Mindy, so Mindy and I have a lot in common. So she had a 15-year career in software. She lead, led teams and highly skilled professionals in their world, very similarly to how I worked in, you know, as an executive as well. She has, you know, she's, she's a singer. She sang from a very young age. She recorded with George Strait, which... Oh my really? God, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. And she has a long list of public speaking credits, addressing thousands of volunteers in, in the Muscular Dystrophy Association. Um, she also, one of the things that I found very interesting about Mindy and that makes her a real badass woman and just an advocate and a fighter and going confidently in the direction of her dreams. She wanted to adopt a little girl from China and she was told no by the Chinese government. And little badass Mindy took on the government of China and won, and she adopted her beautiful child. So I am so excited to have her on the show. And I hope that you, um, despite my mishaps and, you know, sort of uh, interrupting her and fan get rolling over her and gushing because she's so wonderful, that you will just enjoy and be able to just learn so much about her and her wisdom and positivity and just check Mindy out. And she's doing some phenomenal things online. She has a great group on Facebook that I am a member of. And if you are a phenomenal woman ready for more phenomenal women to rub elbows with, this is who you want to be and be part of her group. She's always posting really cool stuff. So I hope you enjoyed the interview. So without further ado, Mindy Henderson. Welcome to the Casa the Confidence podcast, a podcast for women about going in the direction of their dreams and the confidence it takes to reach them. I'm your host, Julie DeLuca Collins. I am a dreamer, a traveler, visionary, risk taker, I am a lover of books, activist, philanthropist, and most of all, a supporter of women in their dreams. If you've stumbled into our casa for the first time, welcome. If you've been here before, I'm so glad you're back. Grab your drink of choice, settle in, and make yourself at home. Well, Mindy, thank you for coming to the Casa de Confidence podcast. My pleasure. You are someone who I just, again, stumble upon online, and I thought, I need to get to know this woman and talk <laughs> to her and find out more about her. You live in Austin, Texas? Yes, correct. correct. Okay, uh -huh. well, I have to tell you, I have spent a lot of time in Austin because I when um, I stayed with my company, actually, and I didn't tell you that part of the story, but I stayed with my company and I, I 
you know, my, my boss said, listen, I need to give you a, a cut in salary. If you're willing to mm -hmm. stay, I would love yeah. for you to stay. Let's work together. And we actually uh, were able to find an opportunity where we were invited to go to Texas and we met with the commissioner of education at the time. Uh -huh. And he gave us an opportunity to bring our services and our, and our, and our company to Texas. And we introduced us and helped us uh, learn about how to be able to support uh, school districts in Texas. So we work with several school uh -huh. districts and our office was at the Driscoll Hotel in, uh -huh. or, next door, or next, next door to the Driscoll Hotel. <laughs> okay, still. But for, I would say from 2012 to about 2015, oh, three wow. years, yeah. I would actually fly into Texas and be in Texas maybe for the week, two weeks, and I okay. and that was my home base. And we, I would travel to Dallas, Houston, San Antonio. So I'm very familiar with 35 and that, okay. and, and that whole yeah. area. Oh, I'm sorry so. to hear that. <laughs> 35 <laughs> is a nightmare. <laughs> well, I I there I miss Austin so much. First of all, oh. I miss I miss Torchies. Really, yes. really miss okay. them. Mm -hmm. And I just love that vibe. And yeah. I think that, you know, if I were to move to Texas, Austin would be my first choice. Austin is pretty great. I, we love it here. I've been here for um, probably the better part of 30 years. Oh, and wow. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, left to go to college and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah, I love Austin. Oh, that's terrific. So Mindy, I would love for you to introduce yourself to the audience. Tell us who you are. Tell us what you do and how you are changing lives and how you are a confident dreamer. So absolutely, I would love to. And, and thank you again just for having me. Um, so my name is Mindy Henderson. I'm a, um, a motivational speaker, a writer, and an accountability coach here in Austin, Texas. And um, I'm just thrilled to be here to share, you know, my journey and, um, and some of what I've learned over the years about being, you know, a confident woman in business. I love it. I love it. So where did you start in your career? And tell me a little bit about your life and tell me about how did you evolve from um, going to college and growing up to where you are at this point? What was your life journey like? It's been, um, it's been, I mean, we, we all have, I think, fascinating journeys and I love mm -hmm. hearing people's stories. Um, my, my journey has been full of twists and turns and, um, and windy roads, but, um, I, I went to college at Texas State University. I got my undergrad there and, um, I actually have a 20 year career in high tech. And so, um, you know, there's lots of tech here in Austin, Texas, lots of software specifically, which is where I've spent the bulk of that time. And it's, it was a great career. Um, I, I wore a lot of different hats. I did everything from, um, you know, working in marketing organizations to customer service, to leading technical support teams, to project management, to program management, to product management, um, and and you know ultimately got to the point in my most recent position where I actually got to build an entire new function and department from the ground up for the company that I was working for. So just had a lot of really great opportunities along the way, and you know the I, I'm I'm 
kind of a nester. You know, mm-hmm. each of the companies that I worked with, I stayed with for anywhere from like six to eight years. And so that whole entire career, I was only with three different companies. And I think that that's a big part of what, um, you know, everybody approaches their career differently. But mm-hmm. I think that being with a couple of companies for such a long period of time allowed me to really establish deep relationships and get to know the company from the ground up and really afforded me some some really amazing opportunities and breadth of experience that I'm incredibly grateful for. But all of that said, the the last company that I worked for was acquired about a year and a half ago. And I'm sure you know from being in the corporate world that oftentimes what happens is they start to, you know, cut costs and look for ways to optimize and, mm-hmm. and save money. And so they um, ultimately decided to open a brand new office over in Europe. Mm-hmm. And that was a bit more of a move than I was looking for. My The team that I was managing at the time um, was identified as one of the groups to rehire for over there. And so I had been with the company for almost seven years Mm -hmm. and there wasn't a lot of alternate hiring going on. So we chose to part ways and I job hunted for a while and nothing was really clicking, you know, about six months went by and I wasn't finding the right fit, the right thing. And I decided to kind of take matters into my own hands. Oh, a girl after my own heart. (laughs) I know. I had done a lot of public speaking over the course of my life and um, had had always had a passion for it. And for about the last 10 years, I've just had this longing sort of to, to give that a go and to work toward becoming a motivational speaker with, you know, with a bigger platform, a broader message. And I've always had ambitions to write a book. And so I just decided that, you know, now is the time I've got the time Mm. to do it. Nothing else is quite falling into place. And so I've been doing that now for about a year and a half and it's been the most amazing experience and the evolution of it has been incredible. And I can really say that when I made that pivot and started to focus on what my passion was, um, things got easy. You know, I shouldn't say they got easy, but right. But they fell into place, right? It just worked, you know, and the right people started showing up in my path Mm. and the right opportunities started showing up and, and it, it felt like where I was supposed to be. And so I love that. I I, I love that story. And, you know, one of the things that you said about being a nester, I totally identified with that because I think that also in my life, I, I taught for four years, then I worked for a company for, or a church rather. I ran their, their um, junior high youth group and in confirmation program for four years. Then Uh I went to federated stores for four years. Um, And then I was with a company for 10 and a company for 12. And so, I I know what it is like to grow through the ranks and really uh-huh. be part of the fabric and become that entrenched in the culture of an organization. So it's it definitely true. is a scary idea that you go from the comfort of what you know and you know that you've learned to do well right. uh, and then take the leap 
to just saying, okay, this is the time and right. bet on yourself. And yeah. I think that that is definitely what I would, I would call going confidently. And yes. what I would say, uh, you're, you know, you have dreams for yourself and you know that you have, um, ideas of how you can impact other people. And, right. you know, this reminds me, um, I, I've been, I've been reading, um, get out of your own way because I'm a Rachel yes. Hollis and Dave Hollis big fan. Right. So yeah, oh, I, sure. and I've been, I, I've been in, in the Dave Hollis's, um, coaching. Now, I don't know uh -huh. if I mentioned this on the, on, on the podcast, but when I, I was so excited to get his book, Oh my gosh, I was uh -huh. thrilled. And yes. when the book was coming out, I, for our anniversary, I got my husband and I tickets to go see him in Boston. Uh -huh. And I was oh. like, this is going to be great. I'm going to read yeah. the book. So uh -huh. the book comes out and it, it was like the first week in March mm -hmm. and I start reading it and I get to the chapter where um, he talks about, and I don't know if you've read it or if you're familiar with it, but he, he, he talked about how he was defined by his um, title in the company right. where he worked for Walt Disney. Yeah. And I remember just shutting the book and thinking, <laughs> okay, this, wow. I think, and, 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 and that's the thing that I think that for myself, um, I stopped defining myself as Julie, mm -hmm. the wife, Julie, the daughter, Julie, the best aunt ever. Yeah. But I was really for the past couple years defining myself and trying to prove my worth oh, yeah. uh, in the organization that I was in um, by the, per the role that I had. Absolutely. And, and I remember thinking that I needed to I really like what would be, and, and, and I actually did the exercise, right? Like what is the worst case scenario if that role goes away? Little did I know that three weeks from then the role did go away. Oh, and boy. it was so, uh, there, there's a, there's a phrase in Yiddish that's beshert. And, uh -huh. it, and I love that phrase because it, it means it's meant to be. And it, it's oh, yes. interesting how things just sort of fell. And I think that um, what, one of the things that I know that you probably have encountered in your life as well is that things have fallen into place for you as well. And they really, yeah. You've done the hard work because I think that even when things fall into place, we have to do hard work for ourselves and we have to uh, cry a little, uh, <laughs> you know, be angry a little, but then right. push through a little. Right. Absolutely. Or a lot rather. So yeah. Oh, sure. And I relate to so much of what you're saying because I come from, you know, a very traditional background. My dad was an executive growing up. He ran hospitals and um, he was always kind of my, my professional mentor, you know, yep. and I, so was my dad. Yeah. So, you know, I did go into hospital work, but I, I always wanted to sort of model his career. And I mm. think that you know, because staying with a company these days for, you know, six, eight, 10 years, isn't the, really the norm anymore, I don't think. Um, but that's, that's really what I learned from him. He worked with the same company mm. his entire career, actually. Yep. And so I think that's where I got that from. And as a result, I was not a risk taker at all. You know, mm. I, I liked, you know, in addition to all of the reasons that we've already mentioned, why, you know, kind of the benefits of 
um, staying with a company for that long, you know, it's, it's also, I think there's a, a safety factor to it. Of course. Well. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And if you had told me even two years ago, honestly, that I would be an entrepreneur, I would have laughed for three hours and then laughed some more because it, it, I'm just, I'm, I'm not a risk taker. I'm not, you know, I've, I've always had big dreams and big mm -hmm. visions of things, but I think somewhere deep inside of me, I don't know that I ever actually believed that I would really truly go after them. And so it's been exciting to, to, like you said, to be able to take that leap. And I was almost forced into it. But when I got angry enough at my situation that I decided, you know, I've got to control my destiny and figure something out. Um, and this is the other thing that I know how to do right. um, is when it did all really start to fall into place. And, you know, a ton of hard work. It's still you know, so many days as an entrepreneur, I think that you kind of run on this hamster wheel mm -hmm. and you're, you're doing the work and you're getting tasks done and, and all of that is kind of laying the groundwork for things. And one of the hardest things for me to be able to get used to, um, in this, this kind of work is, just, you know, sort of the, I, I call it the cricket factor, you know, because oh, of you're, working, you're working and then you don't hear anything. Mm -hmm. And then, but then, you know, another day you'll wake up and something exceptional happens and you get the phone call that you were waiting for, the opportunity that you've been waiting for. And all of this, this hamster wheel running all of a sudden is leading to somewhere. And it's so exciting. It is exciting. And I think that I totally identify the, with the, with the hamster wheel. And I think <laughs> that, um, and actually, um, one of the things that I learned in my career in, in doing uh, doing work and partnering with school districts, you know, we, we would create programs, we would talk to the superintendent, and then he would send us to talk to this person in the office or talk to the print. And then we would be spinning our wheels and doing the yeah. same thing over. And I'm thinking like, why are we doing this? And then all of a sudden, we were given the opportunity to maybe partner with a school. And then there were 300 kids who were struggling with schools, and we were helping them and making uh -huh. an impact on them academically. And I thought, that's why, right? Yeah. That's yeah, why. Finally get somewhere. Absolutely. It's yeah. So exciting, but it is, it's a ton of hard work, but if you love what you're doing, it can be really, really kind of magical. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that many people are afraid of betting in themselves. Yes. And one of the things that you said is, you know, you finally got angry enough and you finally had that impulse. And, and um, that reminded me of an analogy I've heard of um, there's a couple sitting in their porch and their dog is sitting big, big like hound dogs sitting in the porch with them. And yep. this guy walks by the house every afternoon. And as the couple is sitting in their rocking chairs, rocking and the dog is there howling on the porch mm -hmm. and after, day after day after day, it happens. And then finally he stops and he says, why does your dog howl so much every time I walk by? And, and they said, well, it's not about you. It's about him. He's, he's laying down on a nail. And until he decides to move, the nail is going to hurt him. So he howls. And I think that we sometimes, um, one, there's two pieces of that, that, that I feel is a big lesson. Like we lay on nails and our pain is so comfortable. <laughs> 
or we're so or so comfort comfortable in that spot that we don't want to move even though we're in pain and it's not until like the pain or or the 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 discomfort becomes so great that we choose to move or on the other hand too i think that you know like in the guy passing by he thought it was about him, right? And many times we think people are howling and we internalize it and we believe that, ooh, they're thinking of us, they're talking about this. And it's not about us at all. It's about somebody else's discomfort. Absolutely. Yeah. We tell ourselves a lot of stories, don't we? (laughs) Yep. I, uh, uh, it's funny. I, uh, this whole telling ourselves stories has been the theme for, for the week, at least for me. I, I totally get that. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the interview. Have you ever wondered what does it take to be confident? Have you ever wondered what does it take to build the habits that will help you reach your goals? Perhaps you have a business or want to start one, or you just want to reach an audacious dream. Connect with me at goconfidentlycoaching.com to learn more and take advantage of the resources available to you there. Also, if you want to find out more about what Dan and I are up to and what is happening in Casa de Confidence, subscribe. We'll keep you in the loop. We won't spam you. We'll entertain you for sure. Go confidently. Oh, I can't believe we just did that. <laughs> Back to the show. So tell me, yes. what's a story you've told yourself in the past that didn't serve you? I I think um, the I've certainly told myself the story that I could never do what I'm doing right now. Mm. Um, you know, and and you know, like I said, not being a risk taker, and um, you know. Just going and re- I've I've been one in the past to um, what's the word I'm looking for um, self sabotage oh, a little bit yep. because you know there's I, I I think that there's a very real fear of success of and course. and I've fallen victim to that in the past and so I've sabotaged mm-hmm. myself. I used to be a singer and that's Ooh. one area of my life where you know I look back and I wonder what if because I I in my mid to late 20s I was gaining some traction and some momentum and Ooh. I had some people representing me and I decided to play the safe game mm-hmm. and you know it wasn't that it was a bad decision but I decided to go back to school and get a graduate degree mm-hmm. because I knew that I was getting older and that music was risky and I knew that getting a graduate degree professionally would never be a mistake you know and so I kind of um, dropped where I was with the music career to go back to school and you know it, it who knows but I don't the, the feeling of looking back at something and wondering what if mm-hmm. is is not fun and so part of what's kept me going with this um, and that sort of belief that I can never pull this off, you know, Mm -hmm. that I could never write a book, get a publisher, um, you know, speak on big stages, all of that um, is, is, you know, reminding myself that I don't want to wonder what if, and that I really Mm. do want to see this through and see how far I can take it and see how many 
lives I could potentially impact and, and really make it about other people instead of about me. Yeah. And I think that that's what stops so many of us, right? Because we tend to think, well, why me? And I think the question is really, why not me? And it's not about, you know, there's like in coaching, right? In, In a lot of people are thinking, oh, what is this life coaching? Or what is this business coaching or what? But the reality is that some of us are going to impact our world. We have an area of reach. If you are a mom and maybe you want to coach, there's a group of moms around you. Or Mm -hmm. if you are a singer, right? And not everybody is going to be Beyonce, but everybody Uh can be just as successful and just as touching. And to me, the arts and music are, are something that stirs the soul. Absolutely. So what would stop you from maybe dabbling into that? I, you know, I thought about it and I might, um, I, you know, given the right venue and the right, mm-hmm. um, setting and, and all of that. Um, I, I, very, I've talked about it with some people and I very well okay. may try to find some ways to incorporate that particular love back into, what I'm doing now. So well, we'll I would be a fan. I would show up. I'd support yeah. you. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. What kind of music do you sing? I, I like to do kind of bluesy country. <gasps> Ooh. Um, yeah. Cause my, my voice is, um, is actually kind of deep when I sing and I, okay. it, I don't know, it, it, um, it fits better than, than anything else. Um, felt like it fitted. Oh, so. Mindy, uh, I'm going to have to hear you sing. Uh, I, I am I am a fan of country music. Now, it's a yeah. little known fact, and, and some people will, some people that know me for a long time know this, but I used to teach country dancing. I used to teach line dancing. <laughs> what? Oh my gosh, how fun. <laughs> a million years ago. I when I, I, I love it. And, and uh, every once in a while, when I need a good song, you know, I'll tell Siri, hey Siri, play me a song, and I'll and, right. and I'll and it's funny because I mean, okay, it's been more than thirty years, but I still remember some of the songs and music. Oh sure, yeah, so it's fun. And the classics never die. So the class. Oh, you know one one of the classics that my husband was laughing at me a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> um, because we have we share our playlist on Apple and. I, I don't know if, if you've heard the song uh, Redneck Girl by the Bellamy Brothers. So that oh, song yeah. comes on. Oh, Ooh, you got to look it up. You have to look okay. it up. And, and, and here I am, you know, singing along and bopping along. And he's like, that is so not what I like would ever picture you, in, you know, because a lot of, a lot of people that, and, and my husband and I ha- go back way back, even before we were married, but um there's a lot of people that know Julie from uh, executive travel the world uh, likes really fancy, you know, whatever it is they Uh think of me and think country music boots, but I have at least three pairs of, of cowboy boots. I have a hat. Mm -hmm. I've so yes. Love it. Love it. It's so much fun to get to know somebody and to, to see all of those layers that may not be obvious right away. Yeah. And, and I think that that's the problem sometimes with social media, we curate the content that is out there, but there's so much more to people that is behind the curtain. 
And, mm. and sometimes it's not so much that we're trying to curate a certain uh, persona online. Maybe we just don't, when I, I, you know, like the last picture I think I found not too long ago of me wearing my cowboy hat is at a Alan Jackson concert. Oh, nice. And of course, you know, I, I'm thinking like, if we had social media, back in the 90s what? I would have been posting that I was at that concert and those co and those pictures would be out there but they're not because that's a really uh, good yeah. point because yeah, we go so. through different seasons and that's right that's right things. yeah you're absolutely right now you know of course my my taste in music is very eclectic Mine too. Oh, you're not going to know what you're going to find when you're coming home so so true so very true <laughs> now so you're a fan of music and you have an eclectic taste mm -hmm. what are you listening to now what are your some of the songs that you're jamming to oh gosh um you know i love i had an oldies station on the other day listening mm -hmm. to like 50s and 60s um i love the eagles still oh, too yeah um but then you know i you know garth brooks trisha yearwood oh. did um, you see the new documentary that supposedly dropped this friday on netflix no, yeah, no someone someone told me that garth brooks there's a documentary on netflix and i i had it on the list to watch um we're we've been very intentional about the amount of television we watch plus we're working on a big project in our house oh, um nice. Well, it's been a project long time coming. We yeah. we had a um, a little leak in our three season porch, and it's a porch that I've always said I'm going to redo. And oh. every year we clean it out, and it, it needed some repairs. But my husband somehow, because we're always running around, we never get to the repairs. And then the fall comes, and then winter comes, and that becomes our storage room rather than going down to the basement. So then by the hmm. end, by that time spring has come, it's always like this, this, or, you know, warehouse of, you know, oh. junk that we just threw out there. And then we have to clean it all over again. And the cycle starts uh -huh. this past, um, last year, I noticed that birds had made a nest in this little corner and a hole Aww. of the porch. So we couldn't, you know, he didn't want to evict the birds. Right. And finally he, he evicted the birds, but not, they were gone. He said so, but we needed uh -huh. to repair it. So over the weekend, I, and my husband, he's going to hate that I say this, but he's afraid of heights. Uh, and for someone, and for someone who's six, six, I don't know why he's afraid of heights, honestly, because I, it, I, anyhow, but it is what it is. That's not so unusual. A lot right. of us have fears of, of heights. So, so he, he climbed out of our bedroom window on the second floor onto the, to the roof of the porch. And he was, uh, trying to get the, the shingles and he, he was going to repair it and he's doing a lot of different things, but the shingles needed to come off first. And then I could see him just sitting out there and be like, like <sighs> talking himself into continuing, you know, oh, and, and finally I climb out the window. I said, here, I'll do it. And he's like, no, it's, it's, I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm not that fragile. I can do this. <laughs> so I went and I was clearing out shingles and oh, he boy. repaired some of the wood. Hmm. So that's our our, that's our, our, our our little project, and we we're not done. I mean, he's gonna have to. He he's been he's back at work, and he's coming home to to do a little bit of that. Well, fun. Well, that'll feel good to get done. Yeah. So we didn't do any watching of t television. So yeah. that's that's on our list. Okay. But, well, I didn't even know about it, so I'm I'm excited. I'm gonna go check it out later. Yeah. Now, are you a cook? I do like to cook. I don't, um, 
have as much time for it lately mm -hmm. as um as i i would have liked i've had just a lot of projects and things that i've been working on but um but i do love to cook and i love to try mm. new things and new cuisines and okay um, and all of that so yes absolutely what's your favorite dish to make oh good question um i hmm i don't know i love to do um, Italian. I make a pretty good spaghetti sauce. Oh, my um, husband's signing up for dinner at your house. <laughs> yeah. It's, you got to put red wine in the sauce. It yes. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. I, I make a pretty good spaghetti, but I love mm -hmm. fajitas and, Ooh, um, yeah. you know, maybe Mexican and Italian might be mm -hmm. my two favorites. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Well, I told mm -hmm. you, I, I am going to come to Texas and yes. I have, I have nieces in Dallas. So if I come to Texas, I definitely have to make it to Dallas first. Okay. But I, and, and I, and, and I'm going to make my way. I, I was actually in Texas in January. It seems like years ago. Oh, now wow. that I think about it, um, yeah. I, I went, I flew into Houston uh -huh. and drove from Houston to Lake Charles to see my brother. Okay. And, um, and okay. I stopped at, of course, I stopped at Bucky's because, you know, you have to. Oh, you have to go to Bucky's. Absolutely. Yeah, to, so it's, yes. it's my stomping ground. <laughs> well, yes, your family has dibs on you, but then you've got to make your way to Austin. I know. I have another friend that lives in Austin. So okay. I, I, well, I, I, I know a lot of people in, in, in Austin. I, I met yeah. some really great people and there's two, uh, it's funny, this is going to make me feel old, but two of uh, the high school students that were volunteers in the junior high youth ministry that I was the youth minister for, uh, mm -hmm. they, they were great and they live in Austin and oh, I what? got to meet one of them. Um, he worked for Dell. I think he still worked for, works for Dell and mm -hmm. I got to have dinner with him and it was so great too, because here's someone that I knew from church and he grew up and was oh, huh? such a nice young man. Aww. He would come in and I could always count on him to help with nice. the junior high kids and drive them around or do whatever needed to be done. Uh -huh. He then became a youth minister himself and okay. eventually he got married and moved to, uh, moved to Austin and worked okay. for Dell. And I'm so proud of him and, and yeah. everything that oh, he's done. And yeah. And the other young lady, I mean, she was fantastic and I just loved her and um, she's yeah. a mom. And so Stephanie and Jason, I'm always, you know, glowing at how proud I am of you guys, even though Aww. we don't talk very often. So very nice. Yeah. Very so nice. They're, they're terrific. Now okay. I, I was looking on your website because, yeah. you know, I was trying to do some homework. Yes. And one of the things that really blew my socks off and I want you to talk about it a little bit is because I categorize myself as an activist and you are an activist. You actually, when you went to China and adopted your daughter, yeah you fought a battle tell us about that yeah so that was um that was interesting it's one of the hardest things I've ever done um but you know I would do it 12 times over to have the daughter that I have um she's she's absolutely amazing but yeah about three years after my husband and I got married we started you know talking about having a family and because of my uh medical condition um you know, having biological children wasn't an option. And so I'd always, you know, kind of known that I, I wanted to adopt. We started to look into options and we just had this pull 
toward Chinese adoption mm -hmm. and started looking into it turned out the absolute experts and, and best at what they did in Chinese adoption was in Austin, Texas, um, a great adoption agency. And we went to an information night, got all of the details, and we just, we left that information session knowing that our daughter was in China waiting for us. You know, we, it was, we felt that kind of urgency. You're giving me chills. I, I love this kind of story. Yeah, well, and because we were we were wanting to adopt an older child, you know, somebody that was mm -hmm. around four or five. And so, you know, like I said, we left knowing that she existed. She was there. She was waiting for us. And, um, you know, that mom instinct, I think, kind of kicked in. I was like, I've got to make this happen. Like, yesterday, you know? And so we started working on putting all together, all of the paperwork. You have to do this massive dossier mm -hmm. um, to put together and, and apply. And they came back and rejected our application. And yeah, and it was, Ooh. it was heartbreaking. I was <sighs> in my office at work the day that they called me and told me what had happened. And, you know, I was, I was used to you know, running things up the flagpole and, you know, let me speak to a manager. There's got to right. be something that we can do. There's got to be an appeals process. And there was nothing. She, she told me, you know, her voice just got really quiet. And she said, you know, that these decisions are never overturned. I'm so sorry. We can't help you. And so I got off the phone and I, I left work. I was so upset and I went home and I cried and I cried and I got on the phone with my mom and she and I cried. And then again, you know, I, 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 something just started to bubble up in me and I started to get mad. Um, and I started to think, you know what, they don't know me. You know, they don't know what I've overcome. They don't know what I'm capable of. And this is not over yet. This just, it can't be over yet. And so I sent an email off to another woman who I had met on that information night. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, basically just sent this gut-wrenching email to her telling her what had happened and saying, there has got to be something that we can do. Please please won't you help us. And so I got an email back from her about five minutes later, basically saying, no, this is not over, sit tight. <laughs> and so she enlisted the help of the woman who owned the adoption agency. And the three of us really proceeded to gang up on the, the government over in China for the next nine months or so. And Good for you. Yeah. And, you know, we got letters written from friends and doctors and employers and, you know, just sent over every possible justification that we could think of. Um, and they finally approved it. And then they took it back. <laughs> and then they approved it again. And then they took it back. And it went on this way, where it was on again, off again, for probably nine or 10 months. And it was so hard. Um, and I didn't believe it until I got on the plane to go to Beijing um, that it was actually going to happen. But it was, um, like I said, it was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do. It's one of the biggest fights I've ever fought. Um, and I will just say they didn't know what hit them. <laughs> I think that is such an important lesson. And I see so many women, um, you know, I'm not going to share the story because it's not my story to share, but I, I, and, and, or, or who the story is about rather, but I know someone who, who I love, who in a point of her life, 
her dream was one thing and she was told no. Yeah. And, um, men, and, and listen, her life turned out in a way that she's, she's got wonderful blessings in her life. Uh-huh. And I, I don't think that, um, you know, should have, would have, could have. Right. But, but I think that many women at times, um, will take no yeah. and take the defeat. Right. And they haven't seen, they haven't seen somebody else fight hard enough. Yeah. Or they look at the system in place uh-huh. and believe that, you know, the, the system is against them. And yeah. I, I think that there's a lot of things that are, could be against us. Sure, but it's absolutely. not until we actually try. It's not yeah. until we actually push. And the and, and maybe sometimes, you know, some of us are not ready to make that that um that commitment and that and and, and take up the the pack, right? That will be heavy at times. And there's a journey that has a lot of unknowns, but I I encourage you that if you ever get a no and you yeah. really want it, yeah. go for it. Keep asking, you know, yeah. you don't know what you don't know what you don't know. Right. You do. Absolutely. And I, yeah, I mean, I have all of the thoughts right now on, on everything that you're saying. And so much of my life has been questioning things, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you're absolutely right. You shouldn't take no for an answer. Right. And, you know, I, it can be, it can be scary mm-hmm. to, to stand up for yourself or to ask for what you want. Right. But, oh my gosh, if it pays off, it's mm. so great. And what have you really lost, you know, right. if you try anyway, or if right. you ask again, or, you know, I think so many of us too are hesitant to share our stories or right. tell what we're experiencing and and what obstacles we're coming up against. In fact, one of the things I'm doing right now is interviewing a lot of people for this book that I am writing Mm -hmm. and talking to them about struggles that they've overcome and that sort of thing. And Mm. what I'm learning is that so many of us, especially women, keep things private and secret. And I think there's shame wrapped up in things and it's it's Mm -hmm. complicated, but every single one of them who's told me that they kept their struggle quiet as soon as they reached out to somebody, as soon as they shared what they were, what they were doing or trying to do or trying to overcome is when they started, you know, that you feel liberated. Um, and, and then all of a sudden you're getting more help than, than you can handle. And that's what we found with our, adoption journey was that, you know, we had to ask a lot of people for a lot of favors, you know, even the person at the, um, at the, um, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, embassy in Houston Mm -hmm. that needed to, you know, push some paperwork through for us and everything. When I called them, they didn't know me, you know, they knew a voice on the other end of the phone. But when I explained to them what was going on, who I was and what we were trying to do, and all I needed them to do was overnight something, you know, rush mm-hmm. some paperwork. And they were falling over themselves to help. I think people right. really do 
you want to help other people, um, oh, but yeah. you've got to be willing to ask for what you want mm -hmm. and willing to put yourself out there and risk maybe failing. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I, I do believe that you're only failing if you're not trying. You Agreed. Know? So, Agreed. yeah, and that's, you know, that's nothing new. I didn't coin that phrase, but, um, but it's so very, very true. And so um, I really encourage people to step out of their comfort zones mm -hmm. and ask, ask, why not ask, you know, ask to speak to a manager, you know, ask if there's yes. an process because, you know, so often no is just the first step. Yeah. So my, my husband, uh, he, uh, is a total opposite than I am. And, uh -huh. and a lot of the times I, um, I, I am the one who, who is always asking for more and, you know, not asking for something that I deserve. I'm just asking for what I want and need. Right. right? Or, right. and sometimes, you know, I'm not trying to take advantage of the system. I just, no. uh, and, and, uh, so for instance, I actually, um, we, we were in, um, Orlando not too long ago and, uh, they, they, he came over, I was there with my mom and my uncle, and then he came over like two days later, and I, I changed rooms, and the room they gave me was like horrific, it smelled like smoke, and I'm asthmatic, so I couldn't stay there, and I just went and I said, listen, my husband is here overnight, mm -hmm. and I, I, we, and I know you're sold out and, but you have to find us a room, you have yeah. to, and, and I already had, had, had been told no. Yeah. Became, but I, I just couldn't be in the room. My eyes were watering and my husband was like, well, maybe we'll just, you know, go to another hotel. I'm like, no, I'm going to ask. I'm going to keep asking. And, and finally they, they said, Miss Luca, absolutely. We'll move you. Not a problem. And they moved us to a suite. So it was lovely, you know, but, but I think that that's just a, a small example. And I think that a lot of people like my husband, um, in, in, he was taught, you know, never, you don't want to be kind of, you know, shake, shake the boat or, or yeah. whatever. I don't even know the phrase anymore. No, I know what you're saying. But yeah. Like rock the boat. You don't want to rock the boat right. or you don't want to be pushy. And I think that for women too, a lot of women are afraid of being, you know, the BITCH or, right, you know, right. that, that person that, um, yeah. is, is, and, and I think that it's important to tell girls and to create the message for females that it's okay to be strong and it's okay yes. to ask for what we want and it's okay Absolutely. to raise your voice and not yeah. be ashamed of having an emotion right because if you think about it in business specifically like i know many times i sat in a, in a conference room with a with a strong male that would bang his hand on the table and you know raise his voice and shake his head uh -huh. and but if a woman did that i mean we we immediately judge into um you know calling her or saying or or not giving latitude for that and i think Absolutely. that it's important to give latitude and 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 not regret the choices of the past because you were too afraid to push the envelope yeah and yeah and a couple of things on that even you know it's when you when you think about women in business and there are these ideas of you know powerful men versus powerful women and mm -hmm. and women get kind of a bad rap for, for trying to, um, you know, sort of almost wear the same persona that the men do. And mm -hmm. I don't think 
I don't think that's even what's what's necessary. You know, I think just being a strong, confident, mm-hmm. assertive woman in the business world right. is all that you that you need to do. You don't need to shout. You don't need to bang on tables. Right. You don't to stomp down hallways and, and scare the people around you. I think it's enough just to, mm-hmm. um, just to be, be confident, believe in mm-hmm. yourself and know that, um, you know what you're talking about and absolutely you can this room just as easily as any man. And you're so, entitled to certain things. If you, absolutely. you know, for instance, for me, I know that I was paying for a service. I was paying for a hotel room and I didn't want to endanger my health. Mm-hmm. I, I, when I'm around people that smoke or smoke my lungs, cause I have an autoimmune, my lungs immediately, oh, yeah. like oh, they, sure. they constrain and then I can't breathe. And, yeah. um, I think that, you know, standing up for yourself doesn't yeah. mean you are bad. It means yeah. that you value yourself. Absolutely. And a story that always kind of has always stuck with me. I, um, the, the very first management position that I got, mm-hmm. um, there was, there was no manager of this department at the time the manager had left, moved on to do something else. And okay. so they were, they were in between managers and a couple of people were kind of pinch hitting and trying to support the department and all of that. It was a department that I had worked in before. And I went to my manager at the time and said, you know, I think I could go manage that team. And mm-hmm. I was finishing up my graduate degree. And, um, and I said, you know, I, I would really like a shot at it if, um, if you are open to, to discussing it. And right. you know, long story short, I ended up getting the position. And my new manager and I walked into the room where the team was. And he let everybody know that I had gotten the position and we talked to them for a little while. And then he left the room and I stayed back. And I said, you know, I want you all to know that I I wanted this. I asked for this and I'm excited to be here and see what we can do. And, you know, all of that. And one of the the people on that team, a a young woman on that team came to me, it was, it had to have been, you know, even five years later, Mm -hmm. um, she and I met up, we had both moved on from that company. Um, But she went back to that day and she told me that, it got her attention when I told them that I had asked for that position. And she said, you know, I don't know that it's ever occurred to me before to ask for Mm. what I want in my career. And so, you know, unfortunately, I think there are a lot of women out there who don't always ask for what they want. And I I really encourage people to do that. So absolutely happen is, is you'll get a no. And then again, you can, you can pursue right. the no. And, and, and sometimes the no is, is okay. Like I, yeah. I it's funny. I have a, a similar story. I asked for a promotion once we were yeah. at a conference in my company. I had just spoken in front of hundreds of people yeah. and everybody was sort of in this conference high. And I went to the CEO and he said, you know, you did so great. What can I do to support you? And how can I, you know, make you better? And I said, well, you need to give me a promotion. Yeah. And, and he's, and I said, I, I want a laptop so I can work from home more. And I want a promotion because I deserve the promotion. And yeah. he looked at me, I'll never forget. Gordon looked at me and he's like, okay, you'll get the promotion. 
but oh. you need to work a little harder. But I'll oh. give you the laptop because you deserve you. You do. You're doing great work, and you're traveling a lot. Take. We'll give you a new laptop. The promotion, not yet. He's like, keep Absolutely. working, and. Yeah. I was like, okay. And you, you got better. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and the thing is, when you get a no, then the next step is, what did you do to figure out why you got the no? And analyze the situation. And for instance, for me, it was like, okay, why not? What do I need to get to be promoted? What do I need? How, yeah. what do, I, how do I need to perform? And he gave me very specific stuff. You need yeah. to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. And here we are, right? Absolutely. And that that was great. Um, Mindy, I could talk to you forever <laughs> and ever. I know that you're working in a book. What is your timeline for bringing that book? Well, so I actually just finished last week. I'm not kidding. <gasps> just finished the, the book proposal. Don't get okay. too Okay. Okay. Um, well, I'm excited. A book proposal is a great thing to finish. Yeah. And it's, it's a huge document. I think it was 47 pages when I finished it. Wow. Um, and so in the nonfiction world, that's kind of the process. You write a proposal mm -hmm. yep, and yep. you shop it around to agents mm -hmm. and publishers. So that's where I am right now. I've sent it out. I've started sending it out to, um, to agents and publishers. And, um, one of, I, I've got to tell you, I was so excited. One of the things the week before that, um, I told you that I've been interviewing lots of people for the book and okay. I had the opportunity to interview. Are you familiar with Sean Aker? Um, yes. Yeah. Of course. Oh my God. He, he went to Baylor. Yeah. 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 And he, and he, he studies happiness. I love yes. him. <gasps> yes. He's a you did. He's got his best-selling book is the happiness advantage. Yeah. So yep. anyway, I, um, talk about asking for what you want. I reached out thinking that it would take, you know, that he was between me and like 16 people okay, you know, and that I would have to go through, you know, tons of time and effort to get to him. But I sent an email to okay. his company and asked if he would be willing to let me interview him for this book, explained who I was and what I was doing. I and love I got it. a back from him the next day from him saying, sure, how about Wednesday? I have to tell you, you are, a, you, 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 see, we, we really, we have to be friends and we're going to be yes. friends now because you and I are very similar. I, I actually, um, I don't want to say who I, I, uh, I emailed last week, but I did email somebody and I was like, okay, why not? I'm going to go ahead uh -huh. and like, you know, uh, just, uh, email them. And then if they said yeah. no, fine. If they don't reply, fine. But at least I'm asking. Yeah, you never Asking, know. Asking, you never know. And I think that yeah. that's, that's so important. And uh, I love that you interviewed him because yeah. I just, um, you know, one of the things I remember, I was in a very dark point in my life and I saw him, I think, in, on Oprah. And, uh -huh. and I remember for the first time, like, I, I start, it started to click that happiness is an inside job. It really the is. Happiness is not, and, and I think that I sort of knew that, but I, I, I was focusing on the, the, the areas of life where I was lacking. I was in a very, yeah. in, in a sad state in my marriage, not, not this marriage, because I now mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, as you know, I'm married to a handsome, hot husband yeah. and he is aside being a handsome, hot husband. He is the most amazing gift. Yeah. And 
I think that in life, you know, there's many women who are probably married to Mr. Right, but they're focusing on things that don't matter. Yeah. They're focusing on the underwear on the floor. They're focusing on the shoes that you trip over. They're focusing on whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And it's about being grateful. Someone said to me, one day you're going to be sorry that there's no shoes for you to trip over. Yeah, it's true. And, and I think that as soon as, and and I learned that from, from Sean was, you know, focus on, and I I think it was Oprah that I saw him on, but it was on like the whole concept of gratitude and the whole concept of, and every day in my marriage, I make it a point to be grateful about one thing that he did. Yeah. And, and that gratitude just, just snowballs. It's like, yeah, yeah it's, gratitude. I hang on to that. Yeah. Sure. Gratitude has been a huge, and I, I got to talk to him about, I wanted, because I got to hear him speak once, not too long ago. Okay. And he said things about gratitude that just gripped me mm-hmm. and he's done a lot of research on it and he yeah. has you know, in his research, you know, in very measurable ways, how you can move the needle in terms Mm -hmm. of pessimism and optimism, just by finding three or five things every single day to be grateful for. I I am a big proponent. I keep my gratitude list, five things that that I'm grateful for. I, every once in a while throughout the day, and and, um, I actually have a jar, gratitude jar too. So in addition to my five things, if I am struggling or having a a shitty day or whatever it is, or something happens that knocks me off, I go and I, and I write something to be grateful for and I put it in my jar because the jar is actually out in my living room where I can see it. It's so important. And I actually started really learning the the power of gratitude when I was a kid. You know, we, we yeah. haven't really touched on this, but um, you know, my my disability is kind of the focal point of my my story and of what I speak mm-hmm. and write about so often mm-hmm. in terms of overcoming adversity is is really what I focus on. And when I was a kid, you know, I, I grew up with a disability and I would come home on any given day of the week, you know, crying mm-hmm. about one injustice or another. And my parents, thankfully for me, you know, their stock answer to me was count your blessings. Count your Every blessings, yeah. Time I was I was in that place of, of lack or deficit and Mm -hmm. all of the things that I didn't have and all of the things that I couldn't do. Their message to me was look for something to be grateful for. Yeah, absolutely. That was so powerful to me. And I think that, you know, with the, the state of the world right now and the, the strangeness of, of everything that we're experiencing and going through as a country um, right now. And, you know, even, you know, the, the, the planet, um, you know, is, is being affected by, I think that, um, you know, one of my messages right now to people is, you know, there's, there's a lot that we can find right now to be upset about or to point fingers about to, um, you know, to find in our lives that's, that's lacking or things that we can't do right now. But, you know, I really encourage people to find what they do have in their lives right now that they can be grateful for and 
to, to not only be grateful for those things, but to remember why you're grateful for those things, you know, yep. that, you know, sort of reestablish the meaning behind those things and what they truly, you know, not just a great cup of coffee, but why is a great cup of coffee so important in your life this morning? You know what I mean? I love it. I love it. And I think that, you know, and I, and, and I'm glad you brought up your disability. And I think that one of the things, and, and, and for me, um, I think that, people like my grandmother was in a wheelchair toward the end Uh of her life. And I know that uh, one of the things that I learned from her is that um, the gratitude that you feel for your life Mm -hmm. is, is so important. And that, you know, if you end up focusing on what you don't have, or right. what you can't do, then mm-hmm. it takes away from the power that you can have. And I, and I love the fact that your parents taught you that. And then yeah. you, you have a powerful story. And, and Mindy, I want to, I, I, I want to encourage the listeners to hear your story. And we could have just spent the whole time talking about that. But I think that what you're doing is so meaningful and the way that you're touching people's lives. Um, because of the person that you've become for all the experiences that have made you, you are so important. Um, And I, I love that. Now, if uh, you are going to speak at rise and they're going to introduce you, what song are they using for you? Ooh, you know, I, um, I, I love this song and I know that Rachel Hollis has used Mm -hmm. this song a lot, but honestly, it resonates with me so perfectly. I, you know, the song, this is me. It's such a kind of anthem song. And I'm not, I mean, any, I've heard it 9 million times. Do you watch the YouTube and cry like I do? I do with Hugh Jackman. Yeah. 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 I actually, we saw Hugh Jackman in, um, in, in concert uh-huh. in October with my husband yeah. went to Boston and he, oh, he had her on, on the show oh. and, Oh, talk about, I have to tell the less I have to, I have to share this, this story. It's a quick yeah. story. Um, yeah. so talk about learning to not take no for an answer. Yes. It's, I had gotten the concert tickets for my husband for our anniversary because I tend to do that for either, oh no, for his birthday. It was his birthday. Uh-huh. And we're going to go see Hugh Jackman in Boston. So we go for the day, we have dinner. And I had gotten them, I mean, it was, you know, the concert wasn't cheap, but I had gotten a special offer from from Ticketmaster that said, hey, you know, we have special tickets, whatever, fine. So uh-huh. I don't look at them, whatever. They were cheap, fine. We go uh-huh. to dinner and then we start going into the, into the garden, into Boston. And uh, then all of a sudden, um, we keep climbing and I'm not thinking anything of it. And then all of a sudden my husband's like, where are these tickets? And he looks and he's like, I'm not going in there. This is on the, it's up on the, like the very top rows, right. Of the arena. And I was like, what's your problem? Just don't pay attention. Just, just walk. And you know, Uh and he's like, Nope, not doing it. Not doing it. I'm like, Oh, come on. We're going to go see Wolverine. (laughs) 
because <laughs> you know and he's like no and and you know so we're walking I'm like come on Dan and it's it's your birthday and I and of course you know I'm trying to pull the guilty card I'm like but I really wanted to do this really I was there to see you let's be honest uh -huh, and, then, uh -huh. uh, and, and then I'm like it's your birthday come on I, I, I this was so thoughtful of me to get these tickets come yes. on and we're starting to go up and we get to the place, the usher takes our tickets and he's like, oh yeah, you're like five rows from the top, uh -huh. almost to the, like to the roof of the arena. And my husband is like, yeah, nope, not doing it. Oh, no. And he walks out and I go back out and I'm like, come on, Dan, don't be ridiculous. And the usher yeah. comes and he says, listen, I'm afraid of heights too, but if you don't pay attention and you just get to your seat, you'll be fine. Uh -huh. And he's like, nope. I'm just going to wait out here for you. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, okay, fine. Wait out here. I'm going to go sit yeah. down. So I go upstairs and I sit down and I'm sitting there and it's about to, the concert's about to start. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I see my husband come out and peek out and he's like, <laughs> he's looking, he's looking and he starts to come up the steps, up the steps, up the steps. And he is, because he's so tall, you know, obviously he, he's like looking down even more. Right. So he's very carefully focused on the floor, climbing on his hands of the arena. I'm like, he better wash his hands after this. And then the people in the row in front of us stood up to get a selfie with each other. So they came and cut him off as he was about to get to our seats. Oh, and then no. he like stepped back and lost his switch. And he was, was like, oh, I'm out. And he leaves. Oh. I'm like, so then he calls me and he's like, nope, we're not going. He's like, I'm not coming up. I am not sitting there. I am going to wait at him. I said, are you kidding me? Uh -huh. I said, There's, this, this is sold out. I'm not leaving. And he, so he's like, don't worry, I'll get his new seats. And I was like, yeah. he's going to get his new seats. But first of all, he's not one to complain. He, and what is he right. going to do? Like go pay $500 a seat? To right. Anyhow, so he calls us. He calls me to back in two minutes. And he's like, meet me here. I go and I meet him and I'm thinking, oh my God, I guess we're leaving, right? Mm -hmm. No, he actually went to customer service and said, oh. I am not taking no for an answer. I am afraid of heights. I am six, six, and I am going to cry unless you give me new seats. Sure enough, they gave him new seats and we went and we sat not on the floor, but two rows up from the floor. So oh it was gosh. fantastic. So that's I loved it. awesome. I love that so story. Love don't that. take no for an answer. No for an answer, but also play that song because I, yes, I, I play that song and I feel like I can go climb Mount Everest. It's amazing. You know what I'm going to do is I actually have the video from the concert when they did that song. I'll send that to you. Oh, so, oh I love yeah. it. Thank yeah. you so, so much. You're but, welcome. Yeah, really quickly. One other thing that I just want to say, I know that we're running short on time, right. but you know, one of the, the questions that you, that you sent ahead for me to, to look at was what does confidence mean to you? I think I love that. Share and, that. And well, what I wanted to say is that yeah, and I thought about this question for a long time because I was—I had never thought about defining confidence before, mm. you know. And I thought, well, you know, it's being assured of yourself, or it's you know, knowing what you're doing, or but honestly, none of that felt right to me. And what where I finally landed was just the belief in yourself that you're going to be okay, 
no matter what, you know, no matter what situation yes. you put yourself in, no matter what goes wrong, no matter what struggle you're up against and you have to try to resolve, believing in yourself and knowing that regardless of what happens, regardless of what misstep you may, may take, it's believing that you're going to be okay. Because what alternative yes. do we have really? Right? Absolutely. I think that you defined it so perfectly and we have to know that we can figure it out. We have to know that we, we have the tools if we just stop and get past our fear and Mm -hmm. walk forward. Totally. Fight what we may be thinking or feeling, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. Oh, Mindy. I was just, I was really excited. So insightful that aha moment. So I, I, I just love that. I, I want to have you back because we need to oh. talk more. And I think I that you have, you ha- I, I want to know who else you're going to be interviewing. I, my mind is going a hundred <laughs> miles per hour. And I think that there's Aww. so many things that you can share with the listeners. And I so appreciate you. I think people are going to love this episode because Thank you embody you. what a confident dreamer is. And Aww. I love hosting you at Casa the Confidence. And I think that you really are touching lives. So thank you for what you do. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure and I would love to come back to talk to you anytime. And Hartford, Connecticut always has a a house that's here for you. (laughs) Well, thank you. I've never been to Connecticut. So you may find me at your front door. All right. You got it. (laughs) I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Julie, that was an incredible interview. Hmm. Well, Mindy did it all, honestly, because she had such amazing things to share. And I, I think that we need more people like Mindy in this world, you know? And I think that the thing about Mindy too, is that she is um, obviously, you know, there's areas that she hasn't you know, been successful, like most of us, we've had stumbles, right? That's just what happens in the world. But she continues to just shine and be the best person, regardless of some of the challenges that she may have encountered, right? And one of the things that she shared with me before we even sat um, in, in an interview is that it's okay to be scared. Being scared means that you're about to do something really, really brave. And that when I first heard that from her, um, it really reminded me of the time my dad died. And I was with him at the hospital and how, you know, my dad just kept saying, honey, you're so brave. And I just kept thinking like, holy shit, there's no other word, right? Like, I am so scared. I was scared of losing him. I was scared of just watching him just suffer and but the time that I had with him and the time that we shared and the things that we talked about and how I knew that he oh I'm gonna cry I'm sorry and I just knew that he was going peacefully I can't believe I'm crying but you know it wasn't great it, it was great for him and I I just hope that when you are thinking that, holy shit, I'm really scared, listeners, just go and do it. Because it's probably going to be one of the most amazing experiences of your life. So 
can't believe I'm crying and I'm not drinking. Jesus. By the way, I did have the best key lime I've ever had. Today. You, you did? I did. It but came in a mason jar. I saw I saw that in a mason jar. You sent me the picture. Oh to, my we'll god. Have to that up. Yeah, it was so good. And then did I tell you that not today, but when we went paddleboarding last Friday, because I would like to bring it back to the paddleboarding. We saw sharks. There were sharks as we were paddleboarding in the ocean. That doesn't happen in the lakes of Connecticut when I've been paddleboarding or New Hampshire or whatever I've been paddleboarding up there. Sometimes <laughs> sharks get into the rivers in New Jersey, though. Well, we don't live in New Jersey. Or is that, or hey, is that crocodile alligator? Did you see my nails? Wow. Can you see my nails? Do you know the listeners can't see your nails? Okay, well, can you describe them? They are blue nails. That Not all of them. Look, oh, I'm calling. Oh, I'm asking. I'm asking the colorblind man. They're blue. These are purple. And purple and. And these are blue. It looks like you have some paint on your skin too. Yeah, the the salon that I went to, it was the first time that it was open. It was Shea Amelia's salon, <laughs> and Amelia is my seven-year-old niece hey is amelia around uh yeah let me see if she's around hold on hold please hold please mm -hmm. so julie's walking to see if her niece is around to see if she can talk on the podcast we'll see so they don't have a setup over there for microphones or anything so we will see. Here. Do, you, do you have a mic for her? And you can use this one. Put that in your ear. Okay, can you hear us? I can hear you. How about Amelia? Can you hear Uncle Dan? Can yes. you hear Uncle Dan? Yes, sir. You got to speak. Oh, you got to speak loud. Amelia, I was showing them how you did my nails today. What's the name of your salon? I don't know. You don't know. I thought you told me. It was the first time you opened the salon though, right? Yeah. And then how, what did you do to give me such a relaxing on my face? What did you do? Did you, what kind of milk did you put in my face? Did you use unicorn milk? Unicorn milk. Unicorn milk? Yeah, it was where'd still you super find, relaxing. Where'd you find unicorn milk? Where did you get it from? Yeah. Tia, who had it? Tia Julie. Tia Julie. And why did Tia Julie come to visit you? Because of Key West. Key West. What, what was happening this week that we celebrated? My birthday. Your birthday. You turned how old? 21? Seven. Oh, you turned seven. I'm sorry, but you're so grown up. Listen, biscuits and tea. <laughs> this is her saying. Biscuits and tea. Biscuits and tea are good for me. Oh, and then today, also, when we got back from paddleboarding, yeah. Amelia was teaching me self-defense. Oh, yeah? Oh, holy... Jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu. Did you put her in an armbar? Oh, she put me on something, that's for sure. She <laughs> beat the bejeebies out of me. Wow. She did. 
she was like choking me and climbing all over me. So Amelia, did you teach her how to defend herself against frogs? <gasps> frogs. I don't need defense against frogs. Uncle Dan. But they scare saves you. Saves me. Yeah, they scare me a lot. You know what know we why. saw when we were paddleboarding through the mangroves? Oh, crabs. Oh, oh, crabs. You saw crabs? Tons of them. They were on the mangroves. And then we were paddling and paddling. And Amelia, somehow, we ended up like going straight for a mangrove. And she went to, to grab the branch. And she was standing on the paddleboard. Wow. She's brave. She stood on the paddleboard. And she went to grab the branch. And then I grabbed her hand away. And I almost tipped us over. Because she almost grabbed a crab. So, Amelia, yeah. how many crabs do you think there were? Like, like hundreds and hundreds. Hundreds? Yeah, what, hundreds, hundreds. what color were they? Black. black. They were yeah. black Black crab. and brown. Were they big or small? Small. They were a little bit over the size of a quarter. So do you think they are grown-up crabs or baby crabs? And they just or, what, what kind of crabs do you think they are? Baby crabs. Oh, baby. Oh, so they're going to get a lot sure. bigger later? Well, no. I think some of them might have been grown up. Oh. But who knows? So. Listen, you know what else we did? Guess what I had for lunch. What did you have for lunch? You want to tell Uncle Dan what I had for lunch? Did, she have, did she have crabs? And she, 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 she had a lobster. What? There's no claws on the lobsters down there. Though. No, no, no. But it was a lobster and, tail sandwich. And and um, I, I, I had um, had a burger with 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 garlic bread. You had garlic bread with your burger. Yeah, because first of wow. all, she had the bun. She had a burger, and it had a bun on it. But on the side, instead of French fries, Amelia chose to have uh, garlic bread. Because, oh, Amelia, okay. how do you feel about bread? Do you like bread? Of course. They're the yummiest thing. You know what she has for breakfast in the mornings? What do you have for breakfast Listen, you know what morning? she has for breakfast in the mornings? It's Cro yummy. Croissant? Croissant? No. <laughs> no. She had nothing you would guess. Guess what? Waffles. No. Amelia, you tell me if I guess, okay? Did you have french fries? No. Did you have donuts? No. Did you have granola and yogurt? No. Not today. Did you have bacon and cheese? No. How do you feel about cheese? Do you like cheese? Yeah, only type of cheese. Only some types of cheese. Did you have popcorn and peanut butter? No. Why not? That no. sounds delicious. Oh, Uncle Dan. No way, Jose. Well, not to me. <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a fan of peanut butter. Yeah, I told you Uncle Dan doesn't like peanut butter. She wants me to tell you what she had. I did you have She's done with the guessing game. Platanos and mafungo? Mm. No. Bagel bagels. You had a bagel? Yes. How was the bagel? Is it yummy or yucky? Yummy. 
Hey, what are you talking about? Bagels are delicious. <laughs> really? You think bagels are delicious? Okay, let me ask you a question. Do, what do you think is better, bagels or pizza? Both. I, I, I don't know which. You don't know which? Oh, what did you have for dinner today, Amelia? Let's share with the listeners what you had for dinner. Um, I had... Vegetables. Vegetables. But what did you have before the vegetables? Mm. Meatloaf. Meatloaf. Who made that meatloaf for you? You! How was it meatloaf? Was it mm. okay or was it great? Great. Great. It was delicious. It Tia, was turkey meatloaf. Tia, Julie makes good meatloaf, except there's no onions in it. And I, I kind of like yeah. onions in mine. Well, and, yeah. There's, there's whispering going on. There's a plot. Yeah. Tell Uncle Dan what? Well, now there's whispering again. I got to give you the play-by-play. Whispers do not come out on I, the radio. I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. Didn't you? She's going. I think. I think Amelia. Done. Okay, Are Amelia. You done? I have one. No, you're not. I have, she's not done. Okay. She's not done. Actually, this Amelia. Hurts my ears. This hurts okay. my ears. Amelia, we have what? one thing left to do, and what? there are there are a lot of people listening to this, and they listen. You know, they listen to hear what. Tia Julie um, has to say and what her guests have to say. Now you, I have to say, are our most special guest ever. Yes, you are our most special so, guest and ever. I thank you for being here. And is there any one thing that you want to tell everyone that's oh, special to you that you can tell everyone else? What do you think? Um, uh, uh, I have a stuffed bunny. She has a stuffed bunny. She has a stuffed bunny. Yes. That What's... is the most special thing. It is the most special and thing. And a puppy. And, and a, a puppy. puppy. But the, bubby, the puppy is not stuffed. The puppy is real. Now, where did your bunny come from? England. Your bunny came from England. And what's the bunny's name? You say the name. Well, the bunnies had several names since I've been here. It started out as cinnamon, a cinnamon, cinnamon. Yes, cinnamon. Cinnamon. Okay, and then it went to bun bun. No, was it was, bun bun. I thought it was bunny bunny. <laughs> no, bunny bunny is the big pink bunny I oh, gave her. Oh, this for. is a different bunny. Oh, you know what we did while we were here? While I was here, <clears throat> we redecorated Amelia's room. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would say I would say give us a tour, but it's just a podcast. Well, we we maybe we'll put them in the show notes. Mm. But we decorated her room. What kind of cart- cartons did we get? Pink and purple. Purple. And then what else did we get for your room? A pink carpet that is so soft. Yeah, and and then the last thing mm-hmm. we got it is canopy over the bed that makes it a prince's bed and it's amazing and i love it so thank you amelia for being on the show if you want to stick around for a minute julie guess what time it is guess what time it is are we doing this again
Oh, sorry. Okay, I'm try. Let's try it again. Go ahead. Guess what time it is? It's review time. It's review time. Yay! Uncle Dean's gonna read reviews from the listeners. So we have one review. One review. Let's uh, read one review. So Amelia, people give the show stars based on how much they like it one if they don't like it too much two if they like it just a little three if they're kind of interested four if they like it a lot and five if they think it's the most amazing thing ever well that's kind of strong but five is just a really good review how many stars do you think this person gave Casa and Confidence Podcast. Five. 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 Well, you're a winner. Good, good, good. Chicken dinner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. (laughs) So (laughs) this person gave you five stars. Five stars. Casa de Confidence Podcast. Casa de Confidence Podcast. This review. Bye, bye. I think she's done. Are you done? Do you want to hear or are you going to go? Okay. okay. So this this review is from Cindy Swizz. S W I Z Z, just in case I didn't pronounce it correctly. Nice. What did she say? Julia is so easy to listen to and asks great questions of her always interesting guests. Her style of interacting flows so naturally. And I learned something from each podcast. I also so enjoy her conversation each time with, (laughs) I got to say it. Say it. Handsome hot husband, Dan. Mm. They make a great team. Hey, Cindy, thank you for your review. It means so much to me that you took your time and you listened and you subscribed, and you gave us a review. My heart is full. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. Thank you, Cindy. So, Say thank you, Cindy. Thank you. So, yeah, Julie loves reviews. So I think, we, I think we've uh, done pretty good for today. So incredible podcast, um, wonderful guest, wonderful special guest, Amelia Payne. Amelia Zabella Payne is... So. Anyway, Amelia Isabella Payne. Amelia Isabella Payne. Ah. Julie calls you. Mia. Thank you. So, all right. You guys are too adorable on my computer watching you guys. (laughs) So, Julie, you want to wrap this puppy up? Hey, I come home on Wednesday. Have you watered my plants? I actually watered your plants yesterday. I did have one plant get neglected. Uh, apparently, you know, apparently the wind knocked over the basil plant. It fell over and rolled behind the mm, grill. Really? So it got a little wilted. I gave it some water, and it's kind of well, sprung back to life. I hope so, because I tasked you with not killing my plants. Because I don't need help killing plants. I need help keeping them alive. Hashtag Julian and Dan conversation. This is exactly what she talks about when we just have our conversation in front of other yeah. people. Blah 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 blah. Blah blah blah. So blah, blah. anyway. Anyway, how are my dogs? They're sleeping right now. 
that's nice. So anyway. Okay. So well, I miss we, you. I miss you too. Again, check out our guest. Mindy Henderson. She's amazing. Yes. Uh, check out the show notes and, and uh, that'll show you how to find out more about her. Um, she's an amazing person. She does amazing things for. Yeah. She, if you want to be motivated and inspired and really find out about how to just be a positive outlook in life. And again, her story is so phenomenal and uplifting. I love it. So she embodies uh, Casa de Confidence. <laughs> just podcast. Oh, I will have to say, I did find out that Miss Amelia Bedelia Payne. Well, well, you're not the Bedelia. I'm sorry. Amelia Isabella Payne. I found out Amelia Isabella Payne has been Googling me. Mm -hmm. We went to look at, I don't know what we went and we were on her computer because she has her own computer Mm -hmm. and we typed in J and then all of a sudden, Julie DeLuca Collins came up. Have you Googled me, Amelia? Mm-hmm. Yes? Mm-hmm. How many times have you Googled me? Like, like a lot. Like a lot. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. see, she's my biggest fan. I'm her biggest fan, too. And guess what? She sleeps like craziness. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's a secret. People don't tell anybody, listeners. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. She moves all over the bed. Don't tell anybody that. So. Did you see my new microphone? Uncle Danny got me a new microphone. Mm. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Your turn, Danny. I got nothing. I'm done. You got nothing? I'm going to go get some dinner. Ooh, I am having the leftover of my lobster sandwich, which I did not talk about, but it was delicious. You know what they you do is they you take talk, a lobster. No, you talk, you they talk, take. You talked about it. Okay, fine, but I'm not gonna. Okay, it's from Bubba's. Is that it. the name of the place, Bubba's? I'm gonna Bubba's. put it on the show. Oh, on. Bubba, what? what? Where's what? the name of the restaurant we went to? Hey, Julie. Hubba's. Hubba, say it again. Hobos. Hobo. Hobo. Hobos. 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 Yeah. Anyway. Julie, All right. We're going to go. You. Bye, 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 bye. Amelia, enjoy Tia Julie for the rest of the week. And Uncle Dan says enjoy me for the rest of the week. Because she's coming back to me on Wednesday. How do you feel about me going back? She's shaking her number. Oh, oh she's, she's shaking her so. Anyway, she's leaving now. She doesn't like that idea. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us today. And as always, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Thanks for joining us this week on the Casa de Confidence podcast with Julie DeLuca Collins. Remember to check her out on Instagram and Facebook and always click subscribe to catch every new episode. Remember, leave a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. And as always, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Hi, 
everybody. I know that sometimes we get very lonely in this entrepreneur journey, and I want to invite you to join us into our limited time only purposeful you mastermind. For many of us entrepreneurs, we believe that we can do it all. But the reality is that doing it alone only creates a lot of overwhelm. So join us at the Purposeful You Mastermind. You can find out more information by going to bit.ly forward slash Julie's Mastermind. This is going to be the place where you are able to then unlock your full potential and achieve long-term success for your business push you behind your current limits, expand your connections, discover new ideas, and implement them with confidence. You're going to get the support in all aspects and transforming you to the six-figure business you've been looking for. Pause and get off the hamster wheel if you've been spinning around. This is a time where you can get that support from like-minded entrepreneurs that are here to join you in your journey. Together, we can challenge the assumptions and land the speaking engagements and opportunities we want to grow our business and make an impact in the lives of people. See you then. Remember, you can find the mastermind at bit.ly, Julie's Mastermind.